Hey guys, welcome to the number 28 ever episode of the Cool Sports Network. I am Chase Coburn, and today we are back with another episode of the Cool Sports Network. Today, we will be breaking down how the Utah Jazz, after trading Rudy Gobert and Royce O'Neal for picks, which we'll get into in literally a second, how they can use those picks and the assets that they've accumulated in those trades and build around Donovan Mitchell to build a competitive championship contender. And that is what we're going to be breaking down in today's episode. Hope you guys do enjoy it. Please subscribe, follow, share, view. And of course, as always, let's get into it because there's always so much to break down here on my podcast because, well, especially in NBA free, I mean, it's NBA free agency. What do you expect? You know what I mean? Because, and I think the Utah Jazz are one of the more interesting teams in this offseason because they're going to go one of two ways. Uh, actually, I think they could go three ways. I think they could trade Donovan Mitchell and completely tank now that they've traded Rudy Gobert. First of all, for a bunch, and we're getting literally about, we're about to get into that, right? They could trade Donovan Mitchell. They can keep the roster they have now, be somewhat competitive, and risk that Donovan Mitchell is going to demand a trade. And then, like, try to get some good draft picks and then try to wait a little bit till the trade deadline to try to compete, kind of like a Sacramento Kings thing uh, uh, kind of style that they did, except they haven't been competitive in a while, but kind of like how they rebuilt their team during the trade deadline. And then the third option would be they can make a bunch of moves this offseason that can make them really, really competitive. And I think that's what they want to do, right? They traded for Wissonio for an unprotected 2023 first-round pick for the Brooklyn Nets. Like, what just happened? Royce O'Neal was just traded for a first-round pick. Malcolm Brogdon was traded for a first-round pick in role players. You're telling me Royce O'Neal is basically the same value as Malcolm Brogdon? Hello? You know Royce O'Neal. I know Royce O'Neal's a great player. I like Royce O'Neal. But stop. Just just, just stop telling me that they... Just, just stop. <laughs> They're not... <laughs> just... You know, as as Michael Jordan would say, stop it, get some help, right? Like, Royce O'Neal is still a good player, but he's not Malcolm Brogdon level. But if you look at the picks that the Jazz got in the Rudy Gobert trade, it's insane. They got first-round picks in 2023, 2025, 2027, a swap in 2026, and a top-five protected first-round pick in 2025. Overall, that's four first-round picks, three unprotected, one top-five protected, and one swap. Right? And then they also got the Minnesota Timberwolves first-round pick from this year, Walker Kessler, a young big man that Utah can develop or use in future trades, which we will get into. I think the Utah Jazz, now that they have Donovan Mitchell, should go all in. I think that they should try to build around him and make some key moves this offseason. First of all, though, before we break down the new lineups that I have made, um, do my my own trades and... uh, free agency signings that actually would work. Let's go through what the Utah Jazz had last season to see if they will improve. Last season, for the majority of the year, they had Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, who just signed a contract with the Bucks, which I'm actually really happy about. I'm happy to see him there uh, with another NBA job. Bojan Bogdanovic, a power forward, and then Gobert center. And then off the bench, you had Jordan Clarkson, Emmanuel Moutier, Royce O'Neal, Rudy Gay, Hassan Whiteside. Right? Now that Gobert's gone, now that Ingles is gone, now that I think Moutier is gone, now that O'Neal is gone, there's so many different possibilities of what could happen, right? And I, this, I'm going to break down the first lineup, right? The first thing that I came up with on what the Utah Jazz could do. 
right now, I personally think this lineup will be a little more well-rounded than the next lineup that I have. Like, when you look at spacing and overall chemistry, and also from a defensive perspective. So this is the first lineup that I came up with. The lineup is Colin Sexton, Donovan Mitchell, Bogdan, not Bojan, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Pascal Siakam, and Jonas Valanciunas, Avery Bradley, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Jared Vanderbilt, Eric Pascal, and then either Hassan Whiteside or Walker Kessler at center. They can decide at that point. I know there's a lot to break down, but this is how they make this lineup. They trade Rudy Gay, Jordan Clarkson, and a first-round pick to the Cleveland Cavaliers in exchange for Colin Sexton on a sign-in trade. We know that um, Darius Garland actually plays better without Colin Sexton, so he's most likely on the move there for Cleveland. And Cleveland gets really good assets for him. They get a really good role player in Rudy Gay. They get a great score in Jordan Clarkson, and they get a future first-round pick. I think Colin Sexton can elevate, and I think uh, him and Donovan Mitchell could become one of the most dynamic offensive players. uh, backwards in the NBA, uh, right? So you got that. Then that small forward, right? You're like, how do they get Bogdan Bogdanovich? Well, they do a trade with the Hawks, and the Hawks can be mentioned a lot in today's episode. And they get and Malik Beasley in a 2027 top five protected first round pick is what it takes to get Bogdan because Bogdan is younger. They have the same amount of years left. And that first-round pick, top five protected, if Utah wants to tank at that point, right, let's say by 2025 they're starting to tank, that top five protected could be really important, right? So I think it's good to put protection on picks like that to get someone like Bogdan, but he could really help the spacing after I really show you the overall team. But then this is the big move, right, that Utah gets either if you want to consider him the number two or even the number one of this team, they get Pascal Siakam. And by the way, before I mention this trade, most of the things I'm going to say here are unrealistic, but I do think it is uh, that Utah could do this because they actually can't, right? And I think this is what they should do. They trade it. They trade Mike Conley, Bojan, and two first-round picks to the Toronto Raptors in exchange for Pascal Siakam. Pascal is coming off an All-NBA season. He's a really good defender. He's a good scorer, and he can fit really well as a number one, or again, if you want to put him as a number two next to Donovan Mitchell. And then last but certainly not least, they get Jonas Valanciunas, Utah Jazz, as kind of that center. They don't even need to do this trade, because I have to give you a Patrick Beverly and picks, uh, first and second round picks. But what they actually could do is they could just run Walker Kessler at center and develop him that way. But I think it would take longer for them to compete if they want to do it, if they do want to do that. But Valanchunas, really, really good center. They give up Beverly uh, first, second, whatever, make the deal work. And um, Valanchunas is someone that's a really big impact player. And he is a really good center and really helps us. I love the overall spacing and defense of this team. You have Sexton and Mitchell, the spacing, they're amazing. Then Bogdan, a bunch of shooters. Siakam, really the only non-shooter is Jonas Valanciunas. Then, when you look at off the bench, they sign Avery Bradley to the minimum. They re-sign Eric Pasco, and then you don't even need to re-sign Hassan Whiteside. You could just have the rookie Walker Kessler on as that backup center. Now, you think that lineup is competitive? I, I don't think it's championship competitive, but I do think it puts them in a spot where at the trade deadline of this year, or in the offseason next year where they could say, you know what, we built a really good team, and now we could take it to the next level so that we could get Spida and our team a championship. And I think that is what this offseason could also bring for them, is maybe not making the moves to make become a championship team now, but creating the foundation that they would need, right? So that's my first lineup. 
But that doesn't even rank close, in my opinion, to what I have as the second lineup that I put together. Here's the second lineup that I put together. I actually put up a couple for this second lineup, but it, it all revolves around the same players. Jordan Clarkson, Donovan Mitchell, Miles Bridges, John Collins, and DeAndre Aiden, with Patrick Beverly, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Jared Vanderbilt, Rudy Gay, and Hassan Whiteside off the bench. Now, there is so much to break down about this. But, first of all, I think that they could get all those assets by doing a four-team trade with the Utah Jazz, Phoenix Suns, Atlanta Hawks, and Charlotte Hornets. This will take a while to break down, so... I will make sure that you guys understand it all. The Utah Jazz get John Collins, and then they get Miles Bridges and DeAndre Ayton on sign and trades. They also get Nick Richards. The Phoenix Suns get Bojan Bogdanovic, rookie Walker Kessler, and a 2023 first-round pick. The Atlanta Hawks get Malik Beasley and a 2026 first-round pick. And the Charlotte Hornets get Mike Conley and a 2028 top eight protected first-round pick. First of all, the Jazz do good here. The Jazz kind of get everyone that could be on the market and just kind of put them all together to create that monster lineup, right? The Suns, in exchange for DeAndre Eaton, get Bojan Bogdanovic, a really good impact player that okay, that could be on a championship team. He's a shooter. You can play off ball. You get a rookie center, Walker Kessler, who they could build around. And then you also get a first-round pick from this year. And considering that is Brooklyn's first-round pick, could possibly be Brooklyn's first-round pick. Brooklyn could possibly be really bad this year. So that could be really important. The Atlanta Hawks, in exchange for John Collins, who doesn't even want to be on their basketball team, get a really good score and a future first-round pick. And the Charlotte Hornets for Nick Richards and Miles Bridges get Mike Conley in that 2028 top eight protected. The thing is, my, the reason why they don't get that much, uh, because Mike Conley is a guard, right? Doesn't really fit their timeline, especially with the amount of guards that they have. And then also only a 2028 first year. Like Bridges coming off the season where he have a 20 points game. Well, the thing about that is he was just actually arrested. He will be on court July 20th, so there will be more there. So right now, if the trade were to happen right now, which I don't think the Jazz would take any risk of that, then that would kind of be, a, you know, a problem. And Utah wouldn't want to take much of a risk. So they just give them some um, other assets, right? And then they have to take on Mike Conley's contract. But I think for the Hornets to get off of Miles Bridges and then the Jazz to actually take a risk, I think would be worth it. Well, actually, it depends. This trade would probably have to happen afterward. But I think right now, if the trade would happen, that would be the right amount of assets, right? But they also help the team by re-signing Hassan Whiteside. And in my opinion, this team is a championship contender. You're telling me a lineup of Jordan. Tell me where this would rank among starting lineups. Write in the comments. Jordan Clarkson, Donovan Mitchell, Miles Bridges, John Collins, DeAndre Ayton. You're telling me that starting lineup isn't at least contending? Come on. I think that team, I think that lineup could compete with most teams in the Western Conference. And they could really be competitive. And again, even if they don't win the championship this year, it not only gives them a foundation for next year, but that lineup that I just mentioned gives them a foundation for a long time. For a long time. And right then, that is what they could do. Or, however, however though, I think Miles Bridges, um, it does seem like he did. Um, I'm not going to make any claims or anything. But assuming he will be in jail, or at least get out of it, right, it, it did seem like he did it. So I, don't, I think also right now, Miles Bridges is off the table. I don't think anyone's going to get him. The only team that could get him is the Charlotte Hornets. So how could the Charlotte, I'm sorry, excuse me, how can the Utah Jazz 
replace him, right? Well, two options. You could trade Jordan Clarkson for Dylan Brooks and Xavier Tillman, or you could trade Nikhil Alexander-Walker and a first, and a ray in the future, like 2027 first-round pick to the New Orleans Pelicans for Larry Nance Jr. Now, here's the thing. If they do the Dylan Brooks trade, then they, they, they keep Mike Conley, right? Have the Mike Conley and the 2028 first-round pick come back, right? So Mike Conley becomes a starting point guard with Donovan Mitchell, Dylan Brooks, John Collins, and DeAndre Ayton, and then still have Patrick Beverly, Nikhil, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? But the second trade, well, I think most people would agree that Dylan Brooks is a better basketball player than Larry Nance Jr. Larry Nance Jr. might give them a chance to be actually more competitive in hindsight because I don't think there's much of a difference. Larry Nance Jr. is really underrated. He's a stretch big. He can play the small forward uh, for sure at 6'7", right? They don't give up a lot. They only give up Nikhil Alexander-Walker in the 2028 first. And while he would be their backup guard, here's the thing. is Again, they keep Mike Conley. As the point guard with Donovan Mitchell, Larry Nance Jr., John Collins, and DeAndre Ayton, with Patrick Beverly, and then Jordan Clarkson. They keep Clarkson, and he could be their sixth man again. Remember, he was a sixth man late year. Not this year, but the year before that. So he has a lot of potential. In my opinion, the Utah, that would be the best lineup the Utah Jazz could put together. Because it looks like Miles Bridges is off the table. If for some reason he isn't, do that trade to get Miles Bridges. But assuming he's not on the table, doing that Larry Nance Jr. trade or even the Dylan Brooks trade. The Dylan Brooks trade would be good, but the Larry Nance Jr. trade would be amazing for the Utah Jazz. Because you could have um, Jordan Clarkson over, would you ha- rather have um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Dylan Brooks? Who would you rather have? Dylan Brooks and Nikhil Alexander-Walker or Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr. That's truly what it comes down to, right? Because I'm not including Xavier Tillman in there. He's not going to make much of a difference in that ranking. So I think they should go with the Larry Nance trade, assuming the Miles Bridges isn't available. And all of a sudden, they become contenders. That helps their space. That helps their spacing for sure. The only problem with the lineup that I just mentioned is that no, there's not a lot of defense on there. I do think it could be a scoring team, but again, that could be something they improve at the trade deadline. But Larry Nance Jr. is a 3 and D kind of guy, so that actually would work. I think, right, assuming Miles Bridges is available, even if it's not Larry Nance Jr., if you could try to get someone at the small forward spot that is 3 and D kind of guy, that's what they need. Like, I wish Contavious Caldwell-Pope would be in the Utah Jazz because he would be such in, in this lineup because he would be such a good fit. But the Nuggets wouldn't give him up. He's a really good player. Trust me. No, I know about the Wizards. Actually, Wiz Talk with Chase episode tomorrow about the Summer League if you want to check that out because uh, their first game is tomorrow. I'm pretty sure it is against the Detroit Pistons, Chicago Eastern, and ESPN too. But, you know, KCP would fit, like, great in this lineup. They need someone like KCP. Like, for, like Gary Harris isn't that guy now. Eh, he kind of still is. He's not the same. He used to be better. But, like, the Gary Harris from, like, the Denver Nuggets needs, like, that kind of guy. No, but, uh, I was actually thinking about TJ Warren. That one really fit. Maybe Tony and Prince. You know, there could be some different options here for the Utah Jazz. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Sorry if I talk fast, but I wanted to get it all in because there's so much that the Utah Jazz could do. And I think trading Donovan Mitchell is not the answer. I think they need to say, stick with this roster. However, if they do, they could get a lot for Donovan Mitchell. Look at what they got for Gobert. Imagine what they're going to get for the Spider Donovan Mitchell, right?
So we're going to have to wait and see. You know what we're also going to have to wait and see about? Kevin Durant. Apparently, the Brooklyn Nets, if, if the Minnesota Timberwolves were to trade for Kevin Durant, they would ask for Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and like four firsts. Like, if that's their asking price, maybe KD doesn't leave. And they're just like, we don't care you want to be here. We're keeping Kyrie. We're keeping KD. We're keeping Mr. Ben Simmons. And we're running it back. You never know. There's so many options. We're going to have an episode on that coming up. As well, hope you guys do enjoy this episode. Do subscribe, follow, share, and view. And of course, as always, I'll see you next time. We out!